The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. And so, beginning today, the Graymore Friars will present for you a series of eight weekly dramas each program complete in itself, and all based on the eight Beatitudes of our blessed Lord's Sermon on the Mount. These will be stories of today, all taking place in a community which we shall call Hanover City. Listen then to our first story, the story of the first Beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hanover City is a small community of 20,000 or so people. There are three fairly large factories and a number of smaller ones, as well as the usual shops. And outside the city, there are pleasant, prosperous farmlands. Two of the men who know Hanover City best are Father George Morgan, pastor of the Church of St. Francis of Assisi, and his friend, Captain Frank Drakeley, the retired chief of police. Only the other day I was talking with Captain Drakeley and asking him what he thought of people, of people in general. People? What do you mean? Well, I mean this, Captain. As a police officer, you have seen a lot of sordidness in your time, a lot of, well, a lot of crime. Does that ever give you a, a sort of cynical opinion of human nature? Mister, do you know the population of Hanover City? Well, I should say about 20,000. Right. And do you know the number of men on the police force? No, I don't think I do. Uh, Twenty-three. If the majority of those 20,000 people were criminals, do you think a police force of 23 would be able to handle them? (laughs) I I think I see what you mean, Captain. Of course you do. The majority of people are all right. All the men may not be geniuses. All the women may not be beauties. But most of them are all right. That was Captain Drakeley's opinion, 
Then later the same day, chatting with him in his rectory, I asked Father Morgan for his opinion. Captain Drakely is right. Don't forget that Jesus Christ thought that people were all right. He didn't think they were sinless, but he did think they were worth dying for. Oh, I, I know that, Father, but, well, listening to people's sins and confession, don't you sometimes get depressed about human nature in general? Depressed, yes. Despairing? No, never. I never despair for human nature because I know what it can do when it, well, when it travels on the beam of God's grace. When it does that, it can really fly. It can fly all the way up to the moon and the stars. I've seen it happen more than once right here in Hanover City. Take Frank Drakely himself, the good captain. Let me tell you about something he was involved in only a short time ago. Oh, go right ahead, Father. It started one morning in the home of Mr. and Mrs. Joe Davis. Joe Davis... An all-around handyman, but mainly a house painter, has gone off to work. The children are outside, playing in the warm sunshine. And Mrs. Davis, a pleasant-looking lady of 40, is in the kitchen, drying the breakfast dishes. The doorbell rings, and Mrs. Davis goes to answer it. Oh, Mrs. Staley, good morning. Through the screen door of the porch... Mrs. Davis sees Mrs. Staley, a neighbor. Mrs. Staley, who is rather good-looking, is about 28. I... I don't know whether it's a good morning or not, Mrs. Davis. Well, come in, Mrs. Staley, come in. You... you look worried. Is there anything I can do? Oh, Mrs. Davis. Oh, here, here, Mrs. Staley. Uh, Come on in the living room. Sit down. Here, here in this chair. Thank you. Well... Now, tell me, what's the matter? Mrs. Davis, could you... Well, yes. What is it, Mrs. Daly? Well, could you let me have some money? Oh, I need it. I I need it badly. You do? It's Mr. Westover. He's coming back at 12 o'clock. He's the real estate man, you know. Yes, he's ours, too. A lovely man. Oh, he's all right, I suppose. But we owe him four months' payment on the house, and... He says if we don't pay, the owner will go to court this afternoon and sign something to have us put out. Put out? Oh, it's awful, Mrs. Davis, the the life my husband and I are leading. Why, I thought... Oh, we managed to look respectable, I suppose, but we haven't a single happy moment. He just can't make money. He tries, but... Oh, I don't know. He will make it one of these days, I guess, but... Oh, Mrs. Davis, will you help me? Will you? I, I'd like to, Mrs. Staley. I'd really like to. Losing your home, why, well, that's terrible. I feel like dying. No, you don't. I do, Mrs. Davis, I do. What good is life anyhow? You marry a man, you trust him to take care of you, and look what happens. Mr. Staley's a nice, serious young man. I'm sure he's doing his best for you. Oh, he is, but what good is it doing me? What good is it doing him? He's just as miserable as I am. Practically all young married couples have their troubles. Lots of young married couples have fun, too. And you'll have yours. You... You want to help me, don't you? Yes, I do. How much... How much are your monthly payments? Forty-five dollars. 
And four times 45. It's $180, Mrs. Davis. It, it's a lot of money, I know, but Leo will pay you back. I, I don't know when, I don't know how, but he will, Mrs. Davis, he will. I'll have to talk it over with my husband, of course. But Mr. Westover's coming back to see me at 12 o'clock. I'll, I'll phone my husband at the shop. He can stop by here on the truck before he goes to the job he's on. Oh, how can I thank you? You don't have to thank me. But I do, Mrs. Davis. I do. I hope my husband will agree to help you, Mrs. Daly. Wow. One hundred and eighty Kersmackers. I know, Joe. It's a lot. Don't they have relatives they can ask? She has none here in town. He has an uncle, but they're not on speaking terms. They've got a piano that's more than we have. They're in trouble, Joe. Where is he? Why isn't he around? He's away trying to make some money. He's a traveling salesman, you know. He's a nice guy, but I have a sort of feeling that he's just not onto himself. But they're in trouble, Joe. Not counting what we've set aside for insurance, do you know how much money we have? A couple of hundred dollars. Two hundred and ten dollars. We were saving up for our new sofa and a couple of chairs and a rug for this room. I know. Take 180 away from 210 and what have you got left? Not much. $30. Practically nothing these days. Joe, I couldn't sleep if we didn't help those two unhappy people. Ain't that blackguard I couldn't sleep myself. You will help them, Joe. Uh, Sure, sure. Why not? You're a wonderful man. Ah, Just trying to keep up with my wonderful wife. And Mr. Staley will pay you back. I know he will. Well, we won't nag him into it, I'll tell you that much. Let him take his time, poor guy. I'll make the 180 up myself. Somehow. No extra work in this weather, Joe. It's entirely too hot. So, there you have Mr. and Mrs. Joe Davis. Nice people, Father unspectacular, like so many nice people, but the real thing. Poor in spirit, and blessed because they are poor in spirit. Money is important to them, but not so important that it comes first. They'd rather see Mr. and Mrs. Staley happy than have that new sofa. Then, Father, you do meet up with a lot of things in life that are, well, as you say, the real thing. The real thing. The fine thing. The Christian thing. Look, without any further interruptions, let's go on with the story. It's a story not only about poverty of spirit, but about people. Let's see what happened to them. Well, it seems that the night after Mr. and Mrs. Joe Davis helped Mrs. Staley, Leo Staley comes home. Hello, Leo. Hello. You had your dinner? Yeah. Can I get you a cup of coffee? No, thanks. Did you... Did you have a successful trip? No. I thought not. You always come home with that beaten look on your face. It probably looks more beaten when I look for a smile on your face and never see one. (laughs) What a happy homecoming. This isn't a home. It's only a house. Look, the only thing that's ever on your mind or mine is money. It's all my fault, I admit it, and I'm sorry about it. I apologize. Anyhow, let's let's go over the money situation, and then I gotta go to bed. I'm dog tired. <laughs> 
Oh, my tired. Anyhow, is the list of bills. Payments on the piano, $30. Payments on the dining room set, $32. That store where you bought those coats and hats... It's not that I didn't need them. $110. Yes, and electricity, $11. Two payments on the house. You mean four payments. We'll have to scrape along with two. We've done it before. That's $90. A total of $273. For which, as the result of three weeks' work, I have $200 in my pocket. Congratulate me as usual, dear. Good night. I'm going to bed. Wait. Leo. What is it? Yesterday, Mr. Westover, the real estate agent, came here and... He said... Oh, I know what he said. He said it before. Don't bother me about it tonight. I'll see him in the morning and talk him into being satisfied with two payments. I know we owe him four. We don't owe him any. Hmm? We owe them all to Mr. and Mrs. Davis. What are you talking about? Mr. Westover said if I didn't pay him by noon yesterday, the owner would... The owner? Where the owner? I mean the holder of the mortgage. The, The real owner, if we don't keep paying him, would take action to have us put out. So I borrowed the money from the Davises. You mean the Joe Davis? Yes. Mildred, you didn't. I had to do something. I was desperate. Well, that's humiliating. I said I was desperate. And whose fault is that? Well, the Davises have four children. They haven't any more money than we have. They had enough to help us pay for our home. Or for our house, as you call it. It's a house because you haven't made it a home. What do you mean? Look at the Davises. They have four children. We don't even have a cat or a dog or a canary. There's no life in the place. Good night. There's no money in the place, Leo Staley. No money either. The next evening, Leo Staley calls at the Davises. Oh, good evening, Mr. Staley. Do come in. Thank you. I, um, I came to see you and Joe, Mrs. Davis. Well, Joe's over at Captain Drakeley's on business, I think. I don't know when he'll be back. Won't you sit down? No, thanks. I just stopped by to thank you, Mrs. Davis. You and Joe. Will you, uh... Will you tell him I stopped by? Well, Joe and I don't want any formalities about it, Mr. Staley. I'll pay you back just as soon as I can. Don't worry about it. It isn't fair, Mrs. Davis. I'm sorry it happened. You have four children. Now, don't you worry about it. We just hope that... Well, well, we we just hope that you and Mrs. Staley will be happy. My, she's a good-looking girl, that wife of yours. Yeah. She ought to have a better provider for her husband. Oh, you'll get there, Mr. Staley. Well, thanks, Mrs. Davis. God bless you. You and Joe. At the same time that evening, over on the porch of retired Chief of Police Captain Drakeley's big, comfortable home. Well, how's it sound, dear Bessie? It sounds wonderful. Almost the same route as our honeymoon. Yeah, wouldn't it be something if we could do it in a Stanley steamer again? <laughs> <laughs> Who was that friend you borrowed it from? McLaughlin, good old sport <laughs> McLaughlin. Great Barrington, Lake Champlain, Montreal, Quebec. Twenty-five years. Yeah, seems like about ten. Oh, now, yes. Look at this map. Now, here's the route. Great Barrington Sea, mm-hmm. and Lake Champlain, Montreal, Quebec. Gosh, I almost wish we weren't going with the Hamiltons. 
They aren't as young as we are, Bessie. Oh, they're nice. And they're the same age as we are. Oh, but they're sort of, well, uh, elderly compared to us, don't you think? They're lovely, though, Frank. Oh, of course they are. Of course they are. Well, look who's here. Hello there, Joe Davis. Oh, good evening, Captain. Good evening, Mrs. Drakely. Good evening, Joe. My, you're looking well. A beautiful suntan already. <laughs> I was beat red at first, though. <laughs> I bet you were. Mine hasn't been hot. Well, uh, sit down, Joe. Oh, thank you. I, I won't keep you long. I I see you're looking over road maps. Oh, uh, we're thinking of taking a little trip with some friends. Uh, the Hamiltons, you know. Oh, yeah, a wonderful couple, aren't they? They don't come any nicer. Yeah, what, uh, I, uh, what I came to see you about was your house here. You know, I was wondering... I, I was wondering if you... Might like to have it painted. Well, Joe, frankly, we were thinking about it. It, it needs it, doesn't it? Uh, we were thinking maybe uh, sometime in the early autumn. And, of course, we were thinking of you to do it. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I appreciate a good painter. I'll give you something extra special, Captain. Oh, go on, Ridger. That's what you tell everybody. No, no, really. If you let me do it now, I'll give you... Well, uh, I'll give you the works. Uh, now... Oh, why now? Aren't you busy, Joe? Oh, I'm quite busy, Captain. I, uh, I, I'd like you to let me do your house in the evenings, you see. I, well, the uh, cost of living is pretty high, Captain, and, you know, I've got four children. Yeah. I need all the work I can get. Sure. Now, I wouldn't put it to you this way if you weren't sure that I'd give you a good job, but, well, that's, that's how it is, Captain. I need the money. you you must need the money if you're willing to work at night. Well, daylight will, you know, daylight saving will give me two hours every evening, Captain, and I'll paint here all day Saturdays, too. Uh-huh. Well, well, how much, Joe? Uh, $300. Well, that's, that's a very reasonable price for a house the size of this. But, Frank... Uh, well, Bessie, the, the, the place certainly needs it. Yes, Frank, but what about... No, I'll tell you, you just go ahead, Joe. Uh, when do you want to start? Well, would would tomorrow evening be all right? Well, sooner the better, Joe, before it gets too hot for you. Joe, I'm glad you're going to do it, but uh, wouldn't the autumn be better for you? Well, I, I'd really appreciate it if I could do it now, Mrs. Drakely. Uh, well, whatever you wish, Joe. Joe has gone. The evening is almost darkened on the Drakely's porch and quietly, not saying much. The Drakeleys are rocking in their chairs. Would you, uh, would you like me to fix you a glass of ginger ale, Frank? Why, thanks, Bessie. Yes, I, I'd enjoy a glass of ginger ale. Uh, well, uh, up we go. Frank, does, uh, does the... Painting mean no trip to Quebec? Well, I, uh, I sort of think it does mean that, Bessie. The Hamiltons will be disappointed. Oh, I, I think they'll go anyhow. Yes, I, I suppose they will. Well, uh, will you be disappointed, Bessie? Not, not if you think it's good for Joe Davis. You're a good woman, Bessie. You're a good man, Frank. 
Much later that same night, Leo Staley comes up the steps of his porch. Leo. Oh. oh, I didn't see you there in the dark. I've been frightened. I was afraid you weren't coming back. Shh. Don't let the neighbors hear you. Let's go inside. You know that shop Jack Myers has a chance to buy? Yes. He'll take me in as a partner if I can put a thousand dollars in it. <laughs> There's always a catch. Well, he's putting a thousand in himself. Why shouldn't I? It'd be a cheap investment. I could make five or six thousand a year out of it, maybe more. Where are you ever going to get a thousand dollars? I just tried to talk my Uncle Hen into lending it to me. Oh, so that's where you were. No luck, of course. No luck. Oh, what's the matter with people anyway? All they want to do is hold on to their money and not see anybody else make any. Yeah, some people are like that. But don't forget the Joe Davises. Yes, the Joe Davises. I'll never forgive you for forcing me to beg from them. Mildred, I... I'm sorry about everything. I've made everything rotten for you. I know, rotten. But I'll get you out of it. I'm a worker. Yes. You're that all right. And all work and no play makes Leo a dull boy. Oh, gosh. And that's all you can do, stand there and say, gosh. Why don't you talk back at me or something? Why don't you slap me in the face? Mildred, you're nervous and upset. And I'm sorry. And we're going to make out. I, I'm just going to keep plugging away. Well, good luck to you, Leo. I'm as sorry for you as I am for myself. The hot summer days pass, and one evening while painting at the Drakeley's house, Joe Davis, after painting all day at the high school, Joe Davis, high up on his ladder, gets dizzy, falls off, breaks his arm, and is taken to the hospital. The next evening, in a restaurant where Leo and Mildred Staley are eating dinner, I uh, called on Captain Drakeley this afternoon. Did you sell him any window insulation? We didn't discuss window insulation. No? No. I made an arrangement with him, Mildred. An arrangement? Yeah. I'm going to take up where Joe Davis left off. Or fell off, the poor fellow. What do you mean? I'm going to finish painting that house for him. How can you do that in your own work, too? For five or six days, I'm not going to do my own work. My guess is that Joe was painting that house to make up for the money we borrowed from him. Well, I'm going to pay him back by finishing the job for him. He needs the money now more than ever. He won't have any income for weeks. Mrs. Davis, I hear, is going to take up practical nursing to tide them over. She's having a high school girl in to look after the house and the children. And you're going to take five or six days off to help the Davises out? Well, we owe it to them. And now's the time they need it. May I ask how, in the meantime, you're going to help Leo and Mildred Staley out? We have $40 in cash. That'll tide us over. $40 we owe all over the place. We'll manage somehow. We're still young. Younger than the Joe Davises. Leo, I'll... I'll give you one more month. What? I don't mean to pay off all our debts. That wouldn't be fair to you. Oh. I mean... Well, I'm leaving you in a month. Leaving me? 
I'll give you one more month to find a way to pay our debts off. One month to find a... Oh, a sort of beginning of next winter. My old coat's still neat, and it's plenty warm enough. Well, there's one thing warmer than my old coat, Frank. What's that, my dear? My husband's heart. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The people who value money and material things sensibly, but who value certain other things, spiritual things, far more. For theirs, even on this earth, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look here, mister. Oh, uh, yes, Captain Drakeling. If Father Morgan is going around telling tales like that about me... Tales, Frank? It's the whole truth and nothing but the no, truth. No, 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 you just stay out of this, Father. Anyhow, mister, let me tell you a tale next week about Father Morgan here. How does it go, uh... uh oh, yes, yes. Blessed are the meek, for they shall possess the land. It's a tale with a bit of fun in it, too. All about my proud son, George, and the meek Father Morgan. Captain, I'm sure we'll all be looking forward to next week. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greenwood for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.